All right. So we're going to talk about limitless life this morning. That God came and he actually wants us to have limitless life. And, and I realize something about myself is, is I can be pretty uh, serious and heavy. I've, it's, it, I'm a really mixed bag, but in my preaching, I tend to be a little bit serious sometimes. I don't have a lot of jokes, but, um, but uh, you know, I believe wholeheartedly that God came to give us life and life to the full. I want to read out of John 10.10 10 this morning, because that's going to be our key scripture this morning as we go in. Heavenly Father, as we begin this message, Father, I pray you would open up our hearts and our ears and our mind, God, to receive all that you have for us. God, I pray that the word comes alive, becomes rhema, living word that would encourage and challenge us this morning. God, where uh, everybody seated in this room, God, everybody who's listening online, that you would just encourage, challenge us, God, to live the abundant life in Jesus' name. John 10.10. If you got your Bible, let's go ahead and tur- turn there. I'm going to read out of the, the King James. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus was talking, and he says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's our, our key text this morning, talking about abundant life that God has for us. And that, that actually, that's one of the reasons that Jesus came, was to give us life, and life to the full. Some of your translations say full. Um, there's another transi- uh, translation that I like um, that, that translate because the word is parasos, and it, and it can mean beyond measure, beyond measure. In fact, it's, it's translated exactly that in Mark chapter 6. That same word, uh, abundant, is translated beyond measure. And so you can have life beyond measure. Well, another word for a measure is a limit. So praise the Lord, you can have a limitless life according to John 10.10. He came to give you life and a life without limits. But I tell you, I look at myself and I look at the church and I feel like we are living a limited life. That, that the Christians were not walking in and experience the abundant, limitless life that he wants us to experience. And we're going to try, I'm going to try to share some and encourage us that we can step into more and more abundant living. For those of you, if there's anyone in here worried that we're just going to turn into a prosperity gospel message, it's not, except that God does want us to prosper. He wants our soul to prosper, and he blesses us, and he provides for us. Let me read uh, some, uh, 2 Peter 1.3 for taking notes. Um, 2 Peter 1.3 says this, His divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and His excellence. That was out of the Amplified Version, but I love that because He's given us everything for a dynamic spiritual life. God wants us to have a dynamic spiritual life, an abundant uh, spiritual life. He wants us to have a limitless spiritual life. And I'm praying that this year, as we are serving Jesus together, serving the Lord together, that we will begin to walk more and more into that abundant life. Does anyone want an abundant life today? Just you raise up your hand. Okay. The rest of you, you can listen to in case you decide later that you want one. But, but that most of us, we, we want that life, right? We want to live in what God has for us. I think one of the issues is that we don't understand 
what God has for us, we don't even always understand whether or not He wants us to be joyful. I think sometimes we think that Christians are supposed to be just kind of serious and, you know, I'm a Christian. <sighs> you know, He wants us to be joyful and have life and so that we bring that life to other people. So what is a, limit, a, a limitless life? Well, John 10.10 10 talks about an abundant life, as we read. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about life like this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away, and new things have come. New things have come. As a Christian, we want to begin to step into the new things that he has for us. What are they? It's abundant life in John 10.10. 10. I, I believe it's not just a simple answer. The answer of what is that abundant life? What, is, what are these new things? Uh, I believe it's speaking about a number of things, and one of them is, is eternal life. Because he's come to give us life and life eternal. But that's only part of the abundant life. He actually wants to live a life, a limitless life, here on the earth. Not just wait until we get to heaven. And that doesn't mean I believe all of us are supposed to be driving around in new cars. Um, you know, though, though, you know, hey, I sure would like that for us all. Um, it doesn't mean that we're all supposed to live in, in big houses. I, I, got, I got trapped into clicking on one of these uh, wealthiest houses, in, you know, and, and boy, there are some ridiculous houses out there. I mean, in the list of, of, of people owning a 20 million, 40 million, 50 million, 125 million dollar home owned by Bill Gates. I mean, that, that's a home. That is, I mean, right? Now, I'm not saying that God wants us all to have those things like that, but I do believe actually that God has chosen some people to be extremely blessed. And we're going to get into that um, a little bit later. On that, I, I have to say, whether, whether you, you like him or not, President Jimmy Carter, today, and for his entire life since he left the White House, has lived in a house in Georgia worth $175,000. He does his own shopping, cooking. Thought, wow, isn't that awesome? I did something about that that's just like, wow. You know, he, his net worth is $7 million. It's not that he couldn't have something bigger. It's simple. I just said, Sorry. Side note. What is, what is the limit, limitless life? I think we can have a $175,000 house and be living the limitless life, by the way. Because not about that. But what are these things? It's, first, it's eternal life. We can't have a, a truly abundant life here without understanding that, that we have a hope for something more than what we have here. Abundant life here is predicated because we also know that there's an eternal life that is far beyond anything we can imagine here. But if he loves us so much for that, he also loves us that he wants us to experience a full, abundant, limitless life here. So what is abundant life? Well, I'm going to give us, in these, this, this sermon, it, it, I got 15 pages of notes. And it's just, it's just awesome. So I'm going to move through some of it quick, but this is not everything. But what, one of the things that limitless, abundant life is, it's a life of peace. It's a life of peace. You know, when you have peace in your life, there's just something about abundance in there that, that you just feel that you can do anything and everything. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body. 
Isn't that true? A heart at peace gives life to the body. When you're at peace, something life just begins to happen. Romans 8 says this. I got a lot of scriptures in this. Um, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. So a spirit-controlled mind is, is going to bring about life and peace. And I tell you, it's, it's easy to get under the worries and the concerns. And, and not that when you're at peace with the Lord doesn't mean you have, don't have bad things coming or difficult things coming, but you're walking through it in peace. You're walking through it in peace. Um, part of the fruit of the Spirit we're going to get into today is, is peace. See, we're going to get into that as we're more and more spirit-controlled, the fruit of the spirit comes and abundant living happens through that. Another thing abundant life is, is, is God's provision. God's provision. And, and I, ha I struggle with this one in, in the notes because it's also, it's also blessings and financial blessings and prosperity, but it looks different. So the best word is financial provision. See, he always provides. He always provides for us. He doesn't always provide what we want or what we think we need, but he's our provider. 2 Corinthians 9 says, listen to this. This is, this is awesome. God will generously provide all you need. God will generously provide all that you need. Proverbs. There's another part to that verse I'm going to get to in a second. Proverbs 10.22 says this. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. Well, as, as we're going to get into a little bit, part of the reason that, that Christians should be living a blessed and even financially prosperous life is that when he comes into our life, and when we allow the Spirit to live in our life more and more, he changes our character. He actually change, He should be changing our work habits. Christians should be the hardest working person on any job site because we work as unto the Lord and not as unto man. Christians should be the most loyal. They should be those who, who, who love well, who serve well. And so as you do that, as God changes your character and you begin more and more to let the life of Christ live through you, even at work, you'll get noticed for being a good employee and you'll get a raise. And you'll get more opportunities. Right? It should happen. It should happen because the God of the God of gods is blessing us. We're like, wow, is, I, I believe that we live by principle. Now, sometimes it does happen that we have a boss who just hates Christians. And so the more you show Christ, the worse you get persecuted. And I understand that that happens too. And so that's when you just have to totally rely on the blessings of God that he brings. But one of the blessings of God, he brings wealth and provision. Throughout the scriptures, we find promises of his blessings, financial as well as spiritual, not just one. Um, but can we just claim them? Can we just say, okay, I just claim, I claim a new car. In Jesus' name, there's a new car in the parking lot with my name on it. Hallelujah. Pass the potatoes. No, I, I mean, I wish it worked like that. You know, but, but he, he's not a God. He's not a father who just spoils his kids. You know, my kids sometimes ask for things like that. You know, they're really good kids, but sometimes they ask, well, can I have this? And I look at them and I go, no. Because not every gift is, is needed by your kids, and right? And so, so God supplies our need, um, and not just financially, but he does supply our financial needs. Paul says, this is, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He's rich. He's going to supply all your needs. You know, the Bible is full of people who are wealthy. Let's go to the other side. See, sometimes I, I feel like I can preach maybe against wealth, and, and, and that's not true. God, in the Bible, there's plenty of people who are wealthy, 
Abraham was wealthy beyond measure. Solomon was the wealthiest man around. Job was extremely wealthy. Some of these uh, men of God were absolutely rich. They were the Bill Gates of their day. Okay? But we also see that sometimes those same saints and other saints had a life of, of suffering or at least times of suffering. So financial prosperity does come, but there's also times we walk through. Um, what's the bottom line? God is the giver of all good things. The, the uh, book of James says this, that, that God is the giver of every good gift, right? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who doesn't change. So every good gift that you have in your life, give him praise for because it's come from him. He wants to bless us in every way. So it's a life of peace. It's also a life of financial blessings. Um, I'm going to get back to that scripture I said I would in a second. Second uh, Corinthians 9, 8. God will give generously. God will generously provide all that you need. Listen to what the next part says. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's why God blesses you. In Genesis chapter 12, 3, the blessing of God to Abram. It was Abram at the time. He says, what, remember, he says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. The purpose of God's financial blessings, spiritual blessings, is for you to bless others with it. That's why we're blessed, whether it's, it's, a, it's a, 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 a gift of humor or a gift of finances or a gift of helps and service. He's given you a gift, and you are to use that to bless over. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. If you're blessed, and you are, you might not know your blessings, but you're blessed. If you're blessed, then you are supposed to be a blessing to others. We're not supposed to be containers, church. We're supposed to be conduits. You get your blessing. Sometimes we go, oh man, I, I got all the stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it. No, no, we're not supposed to be a container of his blessings. We're supposed to be a conduit of his blessings. His blessings flow in. We're supposed to bless others. So we have peace. We have provision. We have financial blessing. We receive and we walk in mercy. You know what abundant life is? Is, is receiving and walking in mercy. Now, I've shared this before, but somebody even recently, you know, they, they uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of counseling now through text. It's really strange, but people ask questions. They, they, they ask me, what, the, what is the difference between mercy and grace? Okay, remember, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. We deserve to be punished. We deserve death for our sin mercy that he gives us is that we don't have to receive that we don't get what we deserve grace is getting what you don't deserve that's the blessings of god and so the blessings another word for for gift is grace so we receive and we walk in mercy we 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 you know we, we sin and his mercy is right there lamentations a book that we don't go to very often 321 through 23 says this yet i still dare to hope when I remember this. This, is, this is, has never been a memory verse. Part of it has, but I want the whole, I'm going to memorize the whole thing. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. 
That's out of the New Living Testament. You may have heard that. It's like, that sounds familiar. There's an old song that we used to sing. His mercy, they are new every morning, new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. What happened yesterday? If you're in Christ, is covered by the blood of Jesus. His mercy was new this morning for you. Which is, which is great because we need to wake up and the enemy wants to come in and bring guilt and condemnation. And we say, no, 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 no. His mercies are new every morning. I get to walk in mercies. In, in a counterpart to that, we walk in mercy, because, but we're free from guilt and condemnation. Part of the abundant life is not living under guilt and shame and condemnation any longer. The Bible says that, that you are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are past, all things are new, right? It says that, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are... That doesn't mean there's no conviction. As a Christian, we, we're in, under conviction all the time. And, and, and the conviction is similar to condemnation. It makes you feel bad. But conviction is this. It's, it's a, a feeling that you've done something wrong, that you've done something bad, but it makes you want to serve God. It brings you closer to God. Condemnation, it's the exact same feeling with the result that says, I want to hide from God. I want to walk away from God. I don't want to press into Him. Let that feeling be turned into something that draws you close to God and reject the condemnation. Why would God condemn you and push you away from Himself? There is no condemnation. Part of the abundant life is living in conviction without condemnation. We get convicted of sin and we go, but thank you, Lord, for your mercies. When we get forgiven of our sins, church, when we get forgiven of our sins, we're forgiven from our past, our present, and our future sin. We are washed clean. We walk in that. When, when we sin again, we thank Him for His forgiveness. Now, and we're not, don't get me wrong, we're not talking about purposely living a life all to yourself. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And just doing whatever you want, just going, well, His grace is just going to bring forgiveness. That's, that's not it. That's nonsense. We're talking about people who are, who are pressing into the Lord. New mercies, free from guilt and combination, having a life of peace and hope, having financial blessings and provision. How do you experience this limitless life? You experience it primarily because of personal transformation. Here it comes. This is how we're going we're gonna to experience limitless life. Personal transformation, not from working harder. You don't experience life from working harder. You experience life by being transformed by God. He has to do the work inside of us, and we receive it. Not, not that, the, that there's not things that we do, but it's not our own effort. It's we are being transformed. Ephesians 4.24 says this, Put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature, created in God's image. It's God-like in the righteousness and holiness of truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. We put on the new self. Happy is the man, Psalm 1 says, who does not walk in the way of sinful men. Who do, not, who do not walk in the way sinful men tell them to or stand in the path of sinners or sit at those who laugh at the truth. There's a lot of that going on today. But he finds joy in the law of the Lord and he thinks about his law day and night. This man is like a tree planted by the rivers of water which gives its fruit at the right time and its leaf never dries up. 
Whatever he does will work out well for him. Doesn't that sound like an abundant life? That whatever you do works out well for you because we trust in God. We put our hope in him. We don't, we don't live as the world lives. We don't, st- we don't uh, walk in the way that sinful mel- men tell us to. We don't stand in the path of sinners. And, and we don't fellowship and sit with those who laugh at the truth. Whatever he does will work out well for him. It, your life will be like that tree that gives fruit at the right time. And your leaf never draws up. That's what it is in Christ. In Christ, we have this life that's available to us. Listen, those without Christ can't experience abundant life. Those without Christ cannot experience abundant life. We all have people that we love dearly, uh, friends, family members who, are, who don't know Christ. Listen, they cannot experience abundant life. You know, we, we waste time, and I've done it myself. We waste our breath and our time quoting scriptures of promise to people who are unsaved, thinking that they can just apply that one scripture to their life. Telling a non-believer that Christ has come to give them abundant life without helping them understand that outside of Christ, you don't get it. But in Christ, you do. In Christ, we have abundant life. I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Bearing fruit is, is, is an idea of life. We want to bear fruit. We want to be living. We don't want to be dead little trees. You know, it's really a bummer when you're looking for a good, you know, some good fruit and you walk up to a tree with all these dead branches on it and like this wrinkled up little apple or something. You know, that's, that's not a life-giving tree. That's not life. That's not abundant life. But the Bible says in John 15 that if we abide in Christ, we will bear much fruit. We will have an abundant life life well according to Galatians 5 it says it this way that the fruit of the spirit are these things love, joy peace, patience kindness, goodness gentleness, self control and against such there is no law that's the fruit of the spirit that's the fruit of a spirit controlled life Go ahead and show that first slide for me, David. I have it up there. I don't know if you can see this. This is taken from Campus Crusade, but it's it's been in my 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 mind and my heart for, for years. That H is not an H; it's a chair. It's a throne. Okay. It's talking about three different types of people. The person who has themselves, the E represents our ego, our self, on the throne. And the cross is outside of our circle. That's, that's a natural man. That is somebody who's unsaved. They don't have Christ. They're on the throne of their life. They're in control of all of their situations, all of their cares and concerns represented by the little dots. The next one is the carnal man. Notice that Christ is inside of his life, but Christ is not on his throne. He's still on his own throne. He's in charge of all his decisions, all of his concerns. He is a carnal Christian, a carnal man. And the last one is the spiritual man. That is the one who's allowed Christ to be on the throne of his life, who bows down and and worships him and lets him have dominion over his life. 
That's the only three type of people there are in this world. The natural, the carnal, and the spiritual. And this is, this is scriptural in case, in case you're concerned about it. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this, A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. We meet these people. They're the people that you talk about the things of God with, and they go, I don't get it. They think you're weird. They think you're crazy. Because they're natural. They haven't been renewed and regenerated by the Spirit of Christ. They, they're, they're on their own throne. They direct their own decisions. The spiritual person is the person who's directed by Christ. Jesus is in the life and he's on their throne. That self is yielding to Jesus. That person sees Jesus' influence and direction in his life. 1 Corinthians 2 says this, He was spiritual appraises all things for we have the mind of Christ <coughs> he was spiritual we want to be spiritual spiritually minded we want to be spiritual people go ahead and go to the next next two I think or go to the next one to see which one that one that's okay that's what I want to talk about the carnal Christian the carnal person they've received Christ but they live in defeat. They live in defeat. They're trying to live the Christian life in their own strength. And it's a temptation for all of us. I think in the, in the church today, there's a lot of people that fit this. And I'm not saying that to accuse or to make anyone feel bad. What I'm trying to do is liberate us. What I want you to do this morning is to look at yourself and say, am, am I that? Am I, first, am I outside of Christ? Is Christ not in my life at all? But am I a Christian? And yeah, I've received Christ, and things are just difficult all the time, and it's, it, I'm not living the abundant life. I'm going to give us a list of some things that could be um, showing that. Jesus is definitely in your life, but not on the throne. Yourself is still on the throne. throne. You're directing your own decisions. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men. He's writing to the church. He's writing to a group of Christians. But he says, I can't talk to you as spiritual men, but as to carnal men. So here's the scriptures. As to babes in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able, for you are still carnal. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men the carnal person has traits like this in their life unbelief disobedience a poor prayer life no desire for Bible study a legalistic attitude critical spirit impure thoughts jealousy and guilt frustration aimlessness worry discouragement, a loss of love for God and others. These are things that, that might be in part of the life, the ongoing, not the occasional struggle, but the ongoing. These are things that kind of are traits. Go to the spiritual person. There's the other, other slide. But the Christ-directed life, they're Christ-centered. They're empowered by the Holy Spirit. In their life, 
they actually introduce others to Christ. They have a prayer life, and it's an effective prayer life. They, they understand God's word. They trust God, and they obey God. When it comes down to their feelings, their emotions, their thoughts, and the word of God to make a decision, they override their feelings, their emotions, their thoughts, and they trust the word of God in their decisions. That's Christ-centered. I tell you, it's a struggle because we're all emotionally, we're all emotional people. We have all these thoughts. But see, so many of us are, are broke. We have these messed up thinking and we need to trust the word of God and we need to trust Christ. Not live just as a, a carnal, fleshly, emotionally driven person. A spiritual person experiences the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. Now, to the, to the degree that these things show up in your life is, is going to take time and it's going to be dependent on, on how you're continuing to yield to the Holy Spirit and how you're continuing to be in His Word and be a person of prayer and pressing into Him. But we have to be full of the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit to live in our life. We want to be spiritual, spiritually minded, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible, Jesus says in the Bible, before he ascended, he told his disciples, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And it's going to empower you. Now, listen, at the point of conversion, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in your life. But that doesn't mean we're walking in the Spirit's power and yielded to his teaching and his life and his guiding. The disciples were walking with Christ, and the moment Christ ascended, they still waited 10 more days to receive the power that the Holy Spirit gives. Yielding our life to the Spirit of God, it takes a conscious decision. Prompted by the Spirit of God, but we have to choose to say, I want you to rule my life. I want to follow you. I don't want to do it my way anymore. We're not Frank Sinatra anymore. We're not doing my way. We're going to do it his way. And I'm going to let his word and through prayer, I'm going to let these things flood my mind and my spirit and be renewed. Be renewed. Carnal Christians, we have up and they're, they're marked with up and down spiritual experiences. Up and down and up and down. They're not yielding the throne completely to Christ. Up and down. Good days, bad days, good days, bad days. But the person who's got Christ on the throne begins to have victory after victory. They go from glory to glory. It doesn't mean they don't struggle. Listen, it's not that they're perfect. But things begin to come out of their life instead of anger and hatred, love and forgiveness, and these things just begin to happen more and more. We can, we can have the Holy Spirit and have Him living on the throne of our life by desiring to be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, church, we, if you want this, if this is you, you need to confess your sins. Get, get with God and just, just confess them. The Bible says if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just, will forgive you of your sins, purify you from all unrighteousness. And you give Him place in your life. I want you to be Lord. I want to live the abundant fruitful life. I want to abide in you and give you the headship in my life. Present every area of your life to the Lord. Yield to him and ask the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, come. As part of under, uh, growing in the, that abundant life, another way that we experience life is actually through community fellowship with one another. You know, the Bible did not create us to be individual, individualistic. He created us to be in community. There, there's well over 30 scriptures in the Bible that talk about one another, where we're supposed to love one another, pray for one another, exhort one another, forgive one another. All these things don't happen when you're on your, on your couch watching Joel Osteen by yourself. You don't get to experience the body of Christ from your, from your you know, love seat. We need to be in fellowship. We need to be in a community. This is really cool. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God that we believe in and still confuses us somewhat, is a community all to itself. He's community. He created man, and it wasn't good that man was alone, and he created Eve, and immediately they had two, and then they began to have children, and they formed their own community. We're supposed to live with others, and we're supposed to be able to be challenged by others. We're also supposed to see other people's example of how they go through the trials. It's wonderful to see someone who goes through trials with a godly attitude and a godly heart. Sometimes it's very convicting to see someone who goes through a trial and just goes, goes really, does really well. They're not angry and they're trusting in God. But we need to see that to say, you know what, I want to be like that. And when you succeed and when you have a fruitful time and your life in the Lord is, is producing fruit and that's you, you're a blessing to others. See, because God is blessing you and you will be a blessing to others. In Him and in the fellowship with one another, you're being built together into the dwelling place of God and the Spirit. He wants to dwell inside of us as we're together. We used to sing, it's a scripture, I, I didn't look this one up, but I, I remember the tune, you know. It was an old minor song from the early days of my Christianity. And, and Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity, to dwell in unity. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures I know from the old, eight, the old 70s Christian worship songs. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. We need to be in unity. It means we're in agreement. We believe. We're, we're, we're united in our, in our belief statement in God the Father, in Jesus Christ, the Holy Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe these things and we have unity as we come together. More and more, church, I desire to see people, when they come here, not just find their seat, but they're fellowshipping and loving one another, and they're just, they're being in unity. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says that we're able to comfort others with the comfort that we receive ourselves. You have to do that when you're living with other people, letting them carry your burdens and you carrying their burdens. And then when you make, when you have a success, when something's happened in your life where God has ministered to you, you have something that you can minister to somebody else. We, gotta, we have to hear the testimonies and hear the stories of how God is being faithful and we, and we minister hope. To others as a believer God's limitless life is poured out as we walk through life seasons we, wa we walk through life seasons and then we see we walk in the abundant life and we struggle we, we have difficult times and other believers pick us up and challenge, challenge us encourage us love us 
We should be encouraged. 2 Corinthians 1 says that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When we say amen, we're saying, so be it, we agree with you, Father. Your limitless life is showed and comes forth as you endure the struggles of life. 2 Corinthians 12 says that I receive joy when I'm weak. I receive joy when people talk against me and make it hard for me and try to hurt me and make trouble for me. This is Paul talking. I receive joy when all these things come to me because of Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong because I'm relying on his strength and I'm trusting him and I'm not on my own throne anymore. It's hard to be weak and on your own throne. When you're weak, you're like, I can't be on the throne. I can't make these decisions. Lord, be on the throne of my life. I get off. It's yours. Because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's life. That's strength. That's how God wants us to live. And sometimes it comes forth in those struggles that we go through. We see his life pouring through us more and more. I know many people who, who've gone through a trial and when they came out they were surprised themselves at, at, that they didn't go back to drinking or they didn't get angry or whatever it was that, that characterized your life before they come. They say, you know, I had this, tr- this, this struggle, this temptation, this, this, uh, this sin, whatever it was. And I didn't go back. I didn't go back to what I used to do and I I saw the Lord giving me peace or giving me hope or giving me strength and he walked with me and we're seeing the fruit of that abundant life of being filled with the Spirit of God and having love for others, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's limitless life. That's abundant life, walking in the fruit of the Spirit. For I can do all things... Philippians 4 in the Amplified says it this way, I can do all things which he's called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. God's power is working, as we talked about, unlimited strength and power last week. His power and strength is going to help you to be an overcomer, to walk in the Spirit and have limitless life for God is able to do more than we ask or think through his power working in us we want an abundant life a limitless life characterized by the fruit of the spirit because we're yielding to the spirit in our life growing each and every day we're going to we're going to stumble but we're going to get back and we're going to continue on and we're going to see that we're not on the throne of our life anymore but Christ is on the throne of our life we know that though God provides for us and blesses us abundantly, abundant life is not just about the things that we have. I've said this, that the gospel is not the gospel if it can't be preached in every country of the world. And the, the, the problem with the, pro, the prosperity gospel about naming it and claiming it, saying, I, I, I want a car, I deserve a car, there's a car for me waiting, is that when, when you go to a third world country can you still claim that car Christians there are trying to claim food 
There's some rice for me in Jesus' name. So it's not about prosperity the way this country has gotten off track and thinking of just, just in financial blessing, though God has chosen to radically bless Christians, and it's because he wants them to be a blessing to others. It's not about what we have. It's not about what we get. It's not about what we claim. Ultimately, abundant life is about what we receive as a gift from God. We receive salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit. We receive provision. What we receive is a gift from the Lord and to live knowing that we are stewards of God's blessing to others. One of the greatest things in life is, is being able to minister life to somebody else. Have you ever been able to encourage somebody, to help somebody come closer, Lord, to get through a struggle that you walk away and you went, I, you, there's something just like, you just feel life. We need to be conduits of God's blessing, not containers. We're stewards of the blessing of God. Stewardship isn't measured by what we've received, but by what we've given. I can't take credit for that one. Stewardship isn't measured by what we've received, but by what we've given. Are we a good steward with the blessings of Christ, with his abundant life, he the sun sets free is free indeed. I have come to give you life and life limitless, life more abundantly, life to the full. At the end of the day, <coughs> maybe it's just that how we know we've an abundant life that we've shared our life with others. We have enough Blessings from God, His mercy, His grace, His Holy Spirit. We have eternal life. We have love. He gives us wisdom. And we have enough to share it with others. And then we actually do it. We actually do it. I think that's when we have abundant life. But we're truly giving out from what He's given us. We're submitted to him. We've said, God, the song says, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Take the throne in my life. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Gods like kings, they sit on the throne. And there's only room for one on the throne. Let that... Those, those pictures, let them be a visual for you and for me. I want Christ in my circle, but I want him on the throne and me bowed down before it to experience the abundant life. Robert, will you come up and lead us and come just as you are? I'm going to close with a, a song that we can just come to the Lord with. You have prayer time in your seat. You can come to the altar. Wherever you are this morning, if you've, if you've come, you're visiting, you've, you've come a few times, but right away at the beginning, you're like, I don't have Christ in my life. I don't have Christ in my life. And, and you, you might think that you actually have Christ in your life, but maybe some of the things I said is like, man, I don't, do I really? Today's the day. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. It's for you.
to just say, Christ, I come. I'm going to give my life for the first time to you. Maybe this morning you're, you're going, I think I'm, I'm a carnal Christian. I'm living my life with me on the throne more than Christ on the throne, and I want Christ to be on the throne. That's you this morning. We need the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come into our life to empower us, to fill us with the power to walk that abundant life, to let Christ be on the throne. If, if you're, you're, this morning you're like, you know, Christ has come and I try to give him the throne. We're just going to thank him and, and press in and just say, Lord, continue to empower me to let you have the reins in my life. Heavenly Father, as we worship, we pray, God, that you would send your Holy Spirit, God. Holy Spirit. Come into our life. Empower us. Help us to turn away from self and submit to God. Help us to walk in the Spirit and to, to begin to bear the fruit of the Spirit, showing that abundant life. Help us to be people who have love for one another and joy in the Holy Ghost. The walk is peace and ministers of peace receiving mercy and giving mercy to those that have hurt us and offended us. Those who've received grace, gifts from you, let us also be those who give grace to others and bless them. Help us to be as Abram, blessed to be a blessing. God, I thank you that life is found in you. You come that we might have life and life to the full pray that all of us would leave today full of the Spirit, full of hope for an abundant life in Christ, strengthened by the Holy Spirit to walk away from our sins, our struggles, our negative thinking, and to submit to you and experience not just eternal life, but a full, abundant, limitless life here as we wait for your glorious appearing again. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.